and welcome to episode one of Live from Vader's Castle. Um, I'm Dan, and I'm joined with my co-host, John. Hello there. We're going to be talking Star Wars, obviously, um, but more specifically, we're going to be chatting about just the state of Star Wars at the moment, the state of the galaxy, what's happening at the moment, what's coming up over the next couple of years, um, what we're excited about, what we're worried about. Yeah, all the greatness that will be coming up from Star exactly. Wars in, in the near future. Well, and uh, yeah. obviously the, the closest thing we've got is is Bad Batch, which we will be doing uh, doing episodes for. So we're going to do a couple introductory ep- uh, episodes over the next few weeks. And then in about a month's time, we'll be starting Bad Batch. So you can expect some great breakdowns from the two of us after every episode drops. Indeed, a deep dive. Deep dives. What we've seen in the episodes. Exactly. Um, and then in a couple, hopefully in a couple of weeks' time, we'll do a little recap of who the Bad Batch are and what we've seen from them already. So you'll have that to, to look forward to before the series starts. So shall we, uh, shall we just talk about... the? Well, let's just talk about, before we go into the future, the present, what's happening at the moment... We've uh, the most recent thing we've had in terms of live action TV stuff is The Mandalorian season two. Oh, baby, what season it was! Yeah, that was something special. That one, it's def- I think it's definitely hyped Star Wars back up. I feel like it's been on like a, a steady climb since well, since the end of the sequels, I think, and I think the, the top of the peak of the roller coaster is was the end of season two. And I was just enjoying the the downward thrill. Yeah, I, I get surprised when I see a lot of people saying that you know Star Wars is dead. When you know, since the sequel sort of ended on a fairly disappointing point, we've had two series seasons of Mandalorian, which have been incredible, a final mm-hmm. season of Clone Wars, which has been incredible, and an announcement for like the next five years of shows, which sound really really exciting. So. Mm-hmm. If you think Star Wars is dead, screw you. <laughs> no, controversial opinion, I'd have to say. Um, but yeah, I, I was. I, season two of Mandalorian was literally everything I wanted it to be. Um, we got, you know, Bo Katan, we got Ahsoka Tano, we got Boba Fett, Luke Skywalker. I mean, these were. So I was expected to see Ahsoka, and well, she delivered. Um, but I did not really expect to see Boba Fett in proper, proper, full Boba Fett fashion. And then Luke Skywalker shown at the end. What a pleasant surprise that was. Oh, that was magical. The video of Star Wars Theory, his reaction to it, when he's just like sitting there like crying. Although that was practically me watching in that last episode. Yeah, that was quite authentic, to be honest. That's probably how I felt. I felt like my jaw was like on the floor the minute I saw the X-Wing come in. <laughs> And then I couldn't pick it back up again until like two hours after the episode finished. Yeah, it was unbelievable. <clears throat> the whole time the X-Wing was in the shot, or like once the X-Wing came in, I was like, oh, I was like, is this Ezra or Luke? I wasn't sure where they were going to go with it. <clears throat> and as the scene progressed, I was like, oh, no, this is Luke. And then when he whips out the lightsaber, you get to see, you saw like the hilt and the, his arm, you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty epic, and oh, the music and everything. Jeez, I mean, I'm sure at some point down the line we'll do a proper sort of couple episodes on Mandalorian because I think there's a lot we need to break down. But you know, in terms of the most recent thing we've seen, it's been pretty positive. Yeah, completely agree. I think um, you're always going to get those haters that are going to be like, "Oh, Star Wars is on the decline," or like, "Disney's ruined Star Wars." But you know, these these people are few and far between. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'll be the first one to criticize some of the things that Disney have done, but I'll also be the first one to sing the praises. I think <clears throat> when you actually look at everything they've done with Star Wars, I actually think they've had more successes than failures. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people are really big expanded universe fans in terms of the old books and stuff, and seeing that get turned from sort of kind of canon because it was kind of canon it wasn't george lucas didn't see it as canon but it was kind of canon at the time to like legends i know some people were upset about that but i actually think disney have done a really good job of streamlining what canon actually is um i think the comics have been good i think the books have been good um 
the films mixed bag disappointing overall the trilogy but there was some stuff i liked some stuff i didn't like um but you know these the mandalorian and what looks like the future of the the streaming shows oh we're in for a treat we really are yeah i completely agree and i think if you if you call yourself a star wars fan you just gotta be excited that we're getting star wars and a lot of it yeah i mean the thing is with any franchise like star wars um the bigger it gets you're always going to get the things that you don't like about it. Like, you know, even as the massive Star Wars fans out there, maybe there'll be a show that comes out in a year's time that they're watching like, this isn't really my cup of tea. But it's so vast in Star Wars, you can literally do anything with it. Yeah. And, the more and I do, think, yeah, and I think they sort of niche, yeah. gone gone for the angle of, you know, there's, there's going to be a story out there for everyone, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people really love the sequels and a lot of those are new fans who didn't even like Star Wars five years ago and now they do Mm. and you know that's good the more people who like star wars the better so even though some stuff might not be for some people then at least there'll be something there for everyone which i think is the beauty of it yeah exactly there's like there's 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 not a single genre of storytelling that they can't go to with star wars because of the the pure scale of the universe that george and Dave and you know John Favreau and that have have made over the years together, you know yeah, one exactly. leading on from the other. But you can do anything with it. Yeah. So hopefully there'll be something for everyone. Maybe not sure everything for everyone, but there'll be something. Well, I'm, I'm sure the the Droid Story animated show will be for everyone. <laughs> I'm just doing that because uh, that was George Lucas's favorite arc in the Clone Wars was the Droid <laughs> the Droid arc. Now yeah. like oh we need to we need to appease him. Yeah, I think uh, you know we all worship George Lucas, but there's a f- certain of a bit, certain of his opinions are questionable. One of them being his obsession with droids. But anyway, <laughs> well, what we're going to do is we're just going to go back over the big. It was a while ago now, but the big sort of Disney Investor Day, um, Lucasfilm sort of presentation where Kathleen Kennedy came out and just spoke about everything that they're announcing for the future um and just sort of talk about what all these new shows are what we're excited about what we're less excited about um and then yeah as we continue with this podcast over the weeks years we're hopefully going to go from being excited about them to actually being able to talk about them which will be good fun yeah be very interesting over the time so the first thing that they announced was that John Favreau and Dave Filoni are developing two spin-offs to The Mandalorian, but we also we now know there's a third because they announced it at the end of The Mandalorian season 2. So we're getting The Book of Boba Fett, we're getting Rangers of the New Republic, and we're getting Ahsoka, and they're all going to be interconnected and then culminate in a climactic story event. And then we'll also get season 3 of Mandalorian as well. So that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff to take in. What are your mm. thoughts? I'm all for it. So I think, I think Star Wars has needed something like this, especially after like the success of uh, like the MCU, <clears throat> where like stories intertwine and stuff. And I think, like even like shows like CW with their like Flash and Arrow and stuff, they've done it well. And you know, they, whenever there's a big event like that, it brings in a lot of people. Yeah, I think it just it, it makes the universe you're watching feel more realistic. Because yeah, if you, Mandalorian's got an issue, where like you think, oh, like Ahsoka could easily help with this, and then he doesn't go to Ahsoka because the stories aren't connected. You're like, well, this is just stupid. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm really excited about this. I think this is a an interesting idea. It's clearly what they're doing is sort of it's the in between of the original trilogy and the sequel. So it's like 30 years that happened in between there. Sort of John and Dave have clearly been given the key to explaining exactly what happens in that period, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it very much sounds like they're building to sort of do Heir to the Empire. I think Thrawn is very likely going to be the big bad of this whole sort of interconnected sort of story. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you agree, John? Uh, yeah, I feel like at least he'll be a big part of um, obviously Ahsoka, and I reckon he's going to get a big feature in the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think maybe not so big in 
book of Boba Fett and Rangers, just because I feel like, especially Boba Fett, I feel like it's going to be more of a um, storytelling just based on what he's up to in Tatooine and stuff. And then yeah. Rangers and Republic, I've literally got no idea. I could, I could be a, completely about anything. Yeah, I, I feel think. like all the shows are going to tell their own story. And then yeah. sort of the climactic story event, I feel like that, I wouldn't be surprised if they called it like Heir to the Empire or something, just as a throwback mm. to that sort of really popular um, trilogy. But I think Ahsoka is going to directly deal with Thrawn. I mean, we know because she said it in the in the Mandalorian season two, you know, she's after Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, yeah. I feel Mandalorian season three is probably going to be dealing with like the fallout of like the dark saber Mandalore. And I wouldn't be surprised if Thrawn's tied up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you're right. Book of Boba Fett. I feel like we won't get any Thrawn. I think that's going to really be like underworld stories, you know, like bounty hunters, Boba Fett, Sarlacc pit, potentially like in flashbacks. <laughs> um, and then Rangers in the Republic. I have no idea what that's going to be. Um, but I just hope it's, people in x-wings flying about and like i'd like it if it was almost like a mystery of the week sort of show where they're just flying to a different planet and like solving a little mystery and it all sort of ties together and maybe links back to thrawn at the end or something that could be quite cool yeah i can imagine rangers and republic being almost like a one of those like cop shows yeah i don't know like blue bloods or like miami vice yeah i think a star wars cop show would be cool wouldn't it actually yeah and I think um, there's a lot of interesting stuff that went on in the sort of the New Republic era, which if you've, like, you know, they sort of talk about in the Aftermath books and stuff like that, which, you know, mainstream audiences don't sort of know about. And it'd be interesting to explore sort of how the New Republic was functioning and sort of why it over time got pushed to the side by the First Order and stuff like that. I think that could be a gap potentially or a gap in storytelling that might, essentially act as a patch for the the sequels <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean one of my biggest well not biggest but one of my complaints of the sequels was the more i thought about like the whole politics side of it and stuff the more i was confused because you know people said oh, i should know politics in your tv shows and things but like star wars has been all about politics for like a while <laughs> especially like the prequels and then like the clone wars and stuff politics and the politics of the empire and stuff was in it so i think explain that a bit more to give the sequels more of a explanation of what was happening behind yeah. the scenes and like between like the new republic and the first order and stuff i think would be yeah. handy i think i think what I'd, I'd like them to do with these shows is just tell like a really unique story if thrawn's the big bad i'm completely in because he's like one of my favorite star wars characters um but tell like a really big interconnected story, which is quite unique, but also has little like little threads that could like themselves just suggest as to why things are the way they are in the sequels. They don't have to be sort of like whole episodes dedicated to fixing a problem, just like little threads, because you're never going to change people's minds completely. But, you know, if you at least put a bit of backstory in there, some people might be more forgiving of certain, and I'm sure that's what they're doing if they, you know, Dave Filoni essentially fixed the prequels with the Clone Wars. So <laughs> if, he can, yeah. if he can do the same with the sequels, then... Very true, yeah. See, I'm excited for all of that. Book of Boba Fett really surprised me that we were getting that. You know, they just revealed it at the end of the final episode, and that got me excited because I I like Bob, I liked Boba Fett as a character, but I always thought he was just a bit there. Like, he was there in Empire. He was there in Return of the Jedi briefly before like Han Solo accidentally killed him so I I always like heard that he was this real badass bounty hunter but we never really saw it so it's mm. quite it's quite exciting that we're gonna see like a proper Boba Fett show and tomorrow Morrison's just unbelievable isn't he he's just so good yeah I love his I love his energy he brings yeah. to it he's so excited just to be there yeah and he's he sort of it was what was really interesting is the way that he sort of brought his like Mao, is it um oh, what's the right words it's that new, sort of the tribal new zealand um i think it is maori maori yeah right. that's it yeah he brought that sort of maori energy and stuff to the way he was like doing the combat and stuff in that episode of mandalorian and 
I just think it's so cool. It's great that Tamara Morrison's <clears throat> continuing to like get to act. Um, I mean, there's literally a million characters tomorrow Morrison could play. So. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. He could be busy for years if he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep bringing him back. But no, that's exciting. And then I think the one I'm probably most excited about is Ahsoka, just because, well, Ahsoka's an unreal character and it's going to be great to see her continue to sort of grow in live action. Yeah, I'm very excited. I really enjoyed uh, Rachel Daw- Dawson's... Um, like her playing the live action version. I think it was really good. And I'm excited to see what they do with it. Yeah. yeah, she was great. And I think <clears throat> she really um, captured Ahsoka's character really well, particularly what she would be like at this point in her life. Mm. Um, and, you know, Ahsoka's in my top five Jedi. I know Ahsoka's probably, if not your number one, but your number two. So, uh, you know, we yeah. both like Ahsoka and just more more Ahsoka's good for everyone, really. Yeah, exactly. And particularly, more, if, particularly if it is about her searching for Ezra and Thrawn, then that's just going to be a an unreal show to watch, particularly if you're a Rebels fan. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I want to see some proper, like, wise Jedi Knight Ezra. <clears throat> I feel like I want his whole his 10 years that he's been missing for him to, like, become, like, proper Zen. And like when she finds him, he's just no nowhere close to being that little kid anymore. He's just like a proper like Zen. Almost maybe if he's sort of grappling with the dark side a bit. I don't know. I just want to see some proper cool Ezra stuff. Mm. No, I think that'd be interesting <clears throat> to see where he's he's grown with it with, with the force and things. Because I mean, especially with that arc with um, it's a Darth Maul. You know, he was yeah. always questioning like, gosh, do we use? Do, is the dark side easier? Is it better? Like stuff like that. He's always grappling with it. And it'd be interesting to see where he's come being alone ten years and like some of the stuff he might have had to come up against and choices he might have had to make. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how much he's grown. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I think this is all gonna be exciting. Um, you know, there was a rumor sort of recently that um because of Gina Carano getting fired or like, oh, maybe, maybe oh, she wasn't really fired, was she? She wasn't. She's she's not been brought back. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. That they're going to sort of use Harrison Dula in her place in Rangers of the New Republic. I think if that happens, we get more Hera. I'm quite happy with that. I like her character. So I think we're, we're probably going to see like a lot of characters that we've seen in the past like crop up in these shows and stuff. So hopefully see Sabine at some point as well. Oh yeah, all for it. Yeah, I'm all for all of that. So I think this whole the Filoni-verse is what I'm calling it. I think this little Filoni-verse is going to be really good. Yeah, 100%. The man knows his stuff. He does. He's great. So the next thing we've got is Boba Fett in December this year. So it's a little bit of time to wait, but it's not too bad. We can be patient. Uh, Yeah, I think it'd be really interesting to see Boba Fett in the underworld because obviously, as you said, like we never really got to see him as a bounty hunter and like being badass and stuff like that i think it'd be really interesting to see how he deals with being in charge of the bounty hunters and not just necessarily just being like one himself and like yeah. dealing with ruling the whole of the underworld like yeah it'd be cool if we got that. some some old school bounty hunters in there and like, it'd be cool if we saw like dengar and bosk and then if they brought back cad bane that'd be so sick as well um, I oh, think they've got a real yeah. opportunity there just to pile in the bounty hunters. I think that would be good fun. Yeah, I, I think it'd be great. It's, it's just a very interesting, um, I think it'd be a very interesting program. Yeah. To be honest, because there's a lot of fans out there that were huge fans of Boba Fett for seeing him for like two minutes in, you know, two films. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think for them, that'll be unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so after they sort of got us excited with all of that, they Kathleen Kennedy went on to talk about that they're building more of these these volumes, which is exciting because it means we're just going to get more shows. Um, and then when she started to introduce the rest of the things, she said something quite interesting. I picked up on it. She said, we've got 25,000 years of history to explore. She's, I think it's interesting that she's acknowledged that because that to me suggests that eventually at some point down the line, we're going to get to some High Republic stuff. Um, I think it's a while away. I think they're going to tie up the High Republic before they get to the Old Republic. Um, but I think 
the way she said that suggests to me then you know five five to ten years time we're going to see some old republic stuff which is quite exciting yeah true very good that's i mean twenty five thousand years of um history to explore is just ridiculous when you think about it really like the <laughs> amount of stories that i could tell with that again yeah. which again pandas to the people who because of the old republic and things it's, it's a lot more you know it's like a war between that's a sith that's a war between like the sith and the jedi is that back then isn't it yeah and, like, things are much more there's like more fighting there's more like saber on saber combat and stuff which you know some people really like and you know feel disappointed that some of the fights in the films we get at the moment are a bit lackluster so i feel like that's a big part of that what they'll hopefully bring to the to star wars is a bit more action because you always want to see like uh what happens if these like if you've had like 10 jedi fighting like 10 sith or like half of them and <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i think i think that'll be cool and i, I feel like you know when when you know, it's just twenty five thousand years of history and every single like sort of canon star wars story we've had excluding what's going on with the high republic at the moment but apart from that has all been within less than 100 years it's been within about 75 years um so the fact that you know there's 200 there's 25,000 years of history outside of the 75 that we've already had you know there's so much room for scope um mm-hmm. And then what's funny is they go on to announce all this stuff, which is still within the same hundred years. <laughs> but anyway, um, so the next thing they were talking about is Andor, which comes out in 2022. You excited about Andor? I don't think it's top of my list of like, things I'm excited about. I'm interested to see how I go with it. Because he, he was the one in Rogue One, wasn't he, Andor? Yeah. And I always felt like he hadn't, I felt like he had an interesting backstory well, it was like he was a rebel and you think oh the rebels are meant to be like the good guys but he kind of had like a a thing about him where it's like he'd do whatever he took just to like survive and like yeah complete his mission and you think oh like, there could be some interesting storytelling yeah to be told here well it's described as a tense nail ba- nail biting spy thriller which i think a spy thriller is definitely something we haven't seen yet mm. um tony gilroy's developing it and he had a big hand in all the born <clears throat> like the Bourne films, which I really love the Bourne films. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's an interesting concept. I really like that sort of period, sort of where the Empire were reigning and the Rebellion was like really small. Um, mm-hmm. Like I loved Rebels and I feel like this is going to start even further before Rebels probably. Um, I, can, I can see them, I mean, it's a 12 episode season, but I think they've said this is going to be a recurring season. So I could see them doing three or four seasons of this and it being sort of set years before rogue one and then eventually getting up to where rogue one is but there's so much you can explore here um you know really early days of the rebellion dealing with like the empire when they're out there sort of most powerful um so yeah I'm, I'm excited about it it's not as i said it's not top of my list but i like rogue one i liked his character um and i just like that time period so i'm looking forward to it and it'll be nice to see something with like probably no jedi in it as well you know just sort of like gritty rebels getting shot out by stormtroopers and vice versa i think it could be pretty cool mm. yeah something a bit different i think having no jedi in it would be refreshing yeah and we know that mon Mothma's going to be in it that was confirmed as well one of the actresses is playing a younger mon Mothma, so it's still going to tie into sort of what we know um mm. but then probably a lot of new characters as well which i think is a good thing to see yeah. and it's going to be uh, i said 12 episodes yeah um and it's about what is the quote the building of a revolution so that to me suggests like you know it's the very beginning of the rebellion um and then i did pick up one of the concept art pictures that were there had a one of the old republic cruisers from like the clone wars um was in one of the concept art pictures so i feel like yeah are they going to go to some scrapyard which just has a load of like old republic cruisers in it i hope so because that would be sick i hope so too they are iconic yeah so yeah and or excited for it Mm -hmm. oh the next one though that they met that they uh kenobi obi-wan kenobi this is the this is what i've got a lot of excitement for 
Ewan McGregor yeah. returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, and Hayden Christensen himself is returning to play Darth Vader, is what that is the exact word that he's re- returning to play Darth Vader. And it's going to be the rematch of the century. There's a lot, there's a lot to be excited for there. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack, to be honest, <laughs> with uh, Kenobi. I feel like this is, yeah, this is the thing I'm most excited for. Um, that's coming to Star Wars. I have just... no idea what is going to happen. I no. don't no idea what they're going to do, um, how they're going to like make it work with sort of George's original Star Wars film. You know, because they, they don't want to do too much that might damage the way that that plays out. So it's going to be an interesting one for sure. Mm-hmm. I can't see, I can't see Hayden been in it a lot i think maybe he'll get like he'll be in a episode and then maybe like a couple flashbacks or like uh obi-wan will like sense something he's doing in the force and he'll be in like a little like flash past or something yeah i've seen him in a lot but it should yeah that's the thing that i'm not sure about is it going to be sort of one of those shows where like the villain has as big a story as the hero and it's you know he has you know, it's Kenobi and then you've got a lot of Darth Vader or is he just going to sort of make a one sort of big appearance and then as you said a couple flashbacks with him as Anakin I have no idea and is is Obi-Wan going to leave Tatooine I assume so so you know there's no idea what's going to go on here um, but mm-hmm. I, I mean I think you've you have you read like the journals of Obi-Wan the comics the sort of collection of like little short comics they did I I haven't actually. No. Yeah, well throughout the throughout the twenty fifteen Star Wars run, sort of like every every time they finished an arc, they did like a one off, sort of like mm. from the journals of Obi Wan. Um oh. and that was sort of set throughout his time in Tatooine, sort of went from when he sort of first got there to when he was a bit older. And I thought that was quite a cool idea, seeing like mm. some of the stuff he was getting up to, his like relationship with Uncle Owen and that sort of thing. So I think mm. if they if they're doing that sort of thing of like showing his time there, that'll be interesting. Or then if it's just one small story set in, you know, over a, a week or a month or something of him sort of going off Tatooine, I think that could be cool as well. Um, mm-hmm. The rematch of the century element is what intrigues me because are they actually going to fight Obi-Wan versus Vader? Or is this going to be like a force battle where they're, you know, battling through, you know, sort of through visions in the force or is it actually going to be a physical confrontation who knows yeah i mean personally i think an interesting way of doing it because obviously at the end of um revenge of the sith obi-wan gives luke to uncle owen but you know never you only know from watching a new hope that he like stays and watches over luke like but then did he do that immediately or did he go off yeah to um to like go try and maybe take on the empire and then was like oh i need to protect i actually need to protect luke and then went back for all those years like could this story be like what he was up to between deciding between giving luke to uncle owen and then deciding he needed to actually be there to safeguard him yeah well they've said it's 10 years so it's sort of about halfway between the two Mm. um i think from from what we know roughly in the comics and i don't know how much they'll pay attention to it i hope they do just for continuity's sake but he was pretty much there the whole time um, just sort of being a, you know, not wanting to leave because he was worried if he left for even a day that someone might grab Luke. Um, so I think if he does end up leaving Tatooine, like it's going to be have to be something so big to make him like leave, you know, mm. because of how much he's sort of looking over Luke. Um, so I think it could be interesting. I mean, I'm just excited to see you and McGregor again, and like having Hayden Christensen back. We need a couple flashbacks just to see him with his like Anakin hair again I think that would just be (laughs) (laughs) yeah I really wanted to see Obi-Wan like deal with the the like guilt factor of like one you know his I want him to go through like how he failed Anakin and then like what that did to Anakin then obviously him thinking he left him for dead and obviously finding out he's Vader or like he's that big dude in a black suit roaming around killing people yeah um and stuff like that and how he gets over that because i definitely 
because I definitely think in A New Hope, he, uh, old Ben in A New Hope, definitely knows that like who Darth Vader is, what that he's this guy in a suit. But then at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he sort of thinks he leaves Anakin for dead. Um, so there is definitely a story to tell of how we found out that Anakin is, in fact, Darth Vader and all this sort of stuff. And I feel like that's probably the story they want to tell. Um, mm-hmm. And we know at this point in the timeline that like Vader is just out hunting down any Jedi who managed to survive Order 66. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, I guess if it's if the story is... Darth Vader catches wind that Kenobi's still alive and comes to hunt him down and then they have to square off again. I could probably back yeah. that, to be honest. That would be really sick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the I mean the episode of Rebels where Ahsoka finds out that Vader is Anakin is like one of the most cool emotional, show, yeah, uh, is, emotional yeah. episodes of any program I've, I've ever seen. Uh, so I'll be very excited to see what they do with... Obi-Wan and Vader and then Obi-Wan realizing what Anakin's become because obviously like at the end of Revenge of the Sith he's you know Darth Vader's very different at the, as Anakin and as he is in his suit you know yeah that suit really is a representation of just how twisted and evil like he's become so I think that'd be interesting to see uh, Obi-Wan realizing who is standing in front of him yeah yeah and I think if they give us some little Clone Wars era flashbacks with all that like meme dialogue, just to <laughs> like you know keep the dialogue nice and serious, and you know when it's Obi Wan and Darth Vader, but if we do some flashbacks with Anakin, like just give us some good meme dialogue just to <laughs> keep the fans happy. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm very excited for this. Yeah, same. And I th- assuming because they're filming, I think they're starting filming around about now. This is probably going to come out next year, 2022. Um, so, yeah, something to be excited for. Yeah, hopefully. Probably towards more towards the end. Yeah, I imagine it will probably be the end, yeah. I think Andor's, using... Andor's definitely going to be first in 2022. Yeah, are they using the, um, any of the volumes for it? Or are they just... I think they are, because they're filming in LA, from what I've heard. Okay, yeah. um, so I'm assuming, yeah, it will be yeah. in the volume... Um, I know Andor is filming in the UK and it's much more like big, massive sets and stuff. Um, mm. But I'm assuming it will be using a lot of the volume over in LA, which will be pretty cool like, to see. I mean, if we can see like Mustafar and stuff, geez, that'll be pretty mm. cool. Chop, uh, throw a couple Inquisitors in there. Um, I mean, I did hear a rumor a while ago that Commander Cody was going to be in it. Like, as like he's still alive hunting down Jedi. I think if they wanted to completely rip our hearts out and break it in front of us, like if he hunted down Kenobi and Kenobi had to kill Commander Cody, oh, mm. that'd be heartbreaking scenes. Yeah. God, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be ready to watch this, <laughs> show, to be honest. The amount of uh, emotional baggage is, is going to go with yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I know. Speaking of clones, the Bad Batch is the next thing that they, well, they didn't really announce it. It had already been announced, but they dropped a trailer for it. Um, which I thought that trailer looked amazing. I'm very excited for the Bad Batch, and it's it's coming out soon, May fourth. May fourth, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I, especially because I love the uh, animation from the Clone Wars. Yeah, I think it looks un, I think I think it looks stunning. So the fact that they've kept the same animation on it, and obviously, well, it's obviously the same animation for season seven. Because they've improved on it since season one. Yeah, but exactly. I think it just—it looks unbelievable. It looks, yeah, if, if anything, it looks even cleaner than season seven. It looks like they've even sort of taken a jump up from that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the Clone Wars—I love absolutely. Like, we're we're both the same. We love the Clone Wars, that whole sort of era, the clones as characters, and they've described mm-hmm. it as a series which builds on the legacy of the Clone Wars. So I, I kind of just see this as Clone Wars season eight. This is, <laughs> yeah. Dealing with like the clones after Order sixty six, I feel like it's going to be the big like thing in this, and I think that's such a cool idea to see because we have not seen that at all. Yeah, I mean, did the did the Bad Batch have those chips? We, we don't know, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think maybe because they're a Bad Batch, you know, obviously they're that's the whole point of them that they were a Bad Batch of clones. Perhaps maybe they didn't have the chips. Mm. Um. 
I mean, you can argue no, either way. Obviously, obviously they put the chips are put in at birth, or like not birth, but like when they're first made. So you can assume that they've got them, but then the chips were meant to make them, you know, follow orders better and like be less aggressive. And but then the Bad Batch are like act completely differently to all the clones. You know, yeah. they they got their own personalities. They're like they're more well, not more aggressive, but they're more they're not quite as a uh, <clears throat> straight edge as the rest of the clones. Yeah, good soldiers follow orders. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. But then I suppose even if they don't have the chips, they'll follow the orders anyway. Yeah. Because that's the lies of the Empire, you know. The Emperor's lied to them and told them. Yeah, this is the thing. I, I can really see them being, at first, I think, because there seemed to be a scene in it when they were, like, working with Tarkin in one of the scenes in the trailer. So I think maybe at first they're working for sort of the new empire and then maybe they clock on to what's going on and they all sort of want to go on the run and maybe they're hunted down by other clones. I mean, you see, we're going to Camino. You can see that they're dealing with like what happens to some of the clones after order 66. Um, so yeah, I think it's just going to be really, really interesting. And yeah, you know, it's, these are like the the clone stories and that sort of thing are what I really like. And I wasn't like, I wasn't auto like instantly in love with the bad batches characters from like the four episodes we got, but like, I like them enough that I'm sure the more time we spend with them, I'll start to really like them. Um, and obviously echoes in there with them as well. And echoes the boy. Yeah. So we love Echo. Yeah. One of the uh, OG clones. Exactly. Here's one of the goats. So we won't talk too much more about Bad Batch because we'll do a whole episode on it in a couple of weeks. But yeah, excited for that. Very the next exciting. one that they announced, which I thought was an interesting sounding one, is this Visions, the uh, series of short animated films celebrating the Star Wars galaxy through the lens of the world's best anime creators. Now this sounds interesting. Mm. It's like an anthology with 10 episodes. So it will just be unique story in each one. And then it's sort of animated in that sort of Japanese anime style. Mm. Yeah, that sounds cool to be fair. Um, something again, something a bit different. Yeah. Um, probably trying to branch out to, I suppose, that part of the world because it's a very unique anim- um, animation style. Yeah. Um, which obviously you know has a big following in in like Japan and that side of the world, but then obviously in America as well, it's very popular. Um, yeah, it shows like Attack on Titan and all that jazz. And I, I think, think uh, yeah, yeah, it'll just be unique. It'll just you know show Star Wars through a different style. And I think that's I think that's healthy to be honest for keeping a franchise like this alive. Mm-hmm. Is and I think I like the idea of them being anthology episodes where it's just little self-contained stories within each episode. Because mm-hmm. um, you know some of the stuff that I really like is I just like seeing you know, a new random character on a random planet we've never seen before, just dealing with living in this world at a particular time. Um, and I think this is probably going to be that. So I think that's going to be really fun. How many uh, droid episodes do you think are going to squeeze in there? I'm hoping zero. <laughs> I'm hoping they save that for the droid story. <laughs> but it depends, you know, some some droid episodes could be good. Maybe if they just did one and it was with a cool droid. They gave us like a chopper episode. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe I'd be on board. <laughs> like a, a little intro into Chopper and his war, some more of his war crimes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it would be an interesting. It's just a whole hour of just Chopper committing war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be interesting too. Though. Yeah, I'd back that. Um, and then the next one that they announced is Lando, which I think they, they they said it was an event series, so I'm assuming it would just be the one series, probably like they haven't set up many episodes. I imagine it being about six, probably. The creator of Dear White People is developing it. Now, I've never seen Dear White People, but I've heard very good things about it. I think it's good to see an African-American creator helming a series. Mm-hmm. Um, Lando's a great character. No idea which version of Lando they're going to be using, whether it's going to be Billy D or Childish Gambino or both. I think both would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think they've missed a trick with the title, though, John. They, they should be calling it the Calrissian Chronicles. Oh, 
That we is all, good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't come up with that. That's what he calls it in Solo. You know, in Solo when he's doing that little vlog on the Falcon. Oh, uh, yeah. And he's like, welcome to the Calrissian Chronicles. Um, so, is, yeah, good I show. feel like that could be a, a better title. But, you know, <laughs> Disney want to hire me, then that's fine. Um, yeah, I think both would be good. They could do like a... I don't suppose you've seen like True Detective, have you? Yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, you know, we have like... They're, they're telling a story, but then the flashbacks have the younger characters. So you could have yeah. D telling a story to someone or like I have like two correlating stories that then um intersect yeah with the telling the story we're telling the Lando story with Donald Glover yeah I think I think there could be two interesting ways to do it I think one could be having sort of minimal Billy D and it's sort of just being set after Rise of Skywalker he could you know the sort of stormtrooper girl that he meets at the end of Rise of Skywalker could just yeah. be the two of them sat around a fire and him telling him telling her stories from his life as a swashbuckler <clears throat> um and it's just sort of opens and closes every episode and then the the rest of the episode is all just donald glover being young lando mm-hmm. um or as you said it's sort of like two stories like running concurrently mm-hmm. so like you know maybe lando gets tied up in something as older lando um that sort of reminds him of something as younger Lando and he sort of needs to dig into those memories to sort of get himself out of it or something like that. Or it could just be all all one age of Lando and we we got it completely wrong. But they didn't mention which Lando it was going to be, which makes me think it will be both. Or it might just yeah. be that they haven't drawn up contracts yet because, um, you know, Childish Gambino is a busy man. <laughs> he is a busy man. But I hope, I hope we get I hope we get loads of Donald Glover. He was so good in Solo. Yeah, um, he was. I class. want much more of him. Yeah, I think he captured the role perfectly. I think because everyone's already got like an idea in their head about what Lando is and how he is. Yeah, he's in obviously he's in the original trilogy, but not as much as obviously like Luke Han and Leia. So you kind of have to come up with your own backstory for him and stuff. And I, I think Donald Glover did a fantastic job yeah. um, playing a younger version. Yeah, definitely. And I think it would be, you know, cool to see because of like, because Lando's so involved in sort of that sort of like more sort of un- underworldy sort of side of Star Wars. But, you know, he tries mm-hmm. to present himself as a bit more above board. I think you'd, yeah. you'd get some cool opportunities to see some other characters. I think it would be quite cool if we had like just like a one episode cameo from sort of that from the younger Han Solo. I quite like that actor. Yeah. And he's not Harrison Ford, but I thought he did a pretty good job. But maybe if he jumped in for an episode and you had a little Lando and Han adventure, I think that could be cool. Um, I just think I just think they should have fun with it. Lando's a fun character as long as it's a fun show, right? Sort of yeah, like 100%. funky and that sort of thing. I think like stylistically, you could do a lot with Lando. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I completely agree. The next one, this one, this is the one that actually I think has me most intrigued. Was the show called The Acolyte? Um, so they've got a creator called Leslie Headland on that, and she did a show called Russian Doll, which again I haven't seen, but I have heard good things. And it is described as a dark mystery thriller with dark secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final years of the High Republic era. So I've seen a lot of people theorizing about what this could be about. Um, I think. To me, this suggests the era when Plagueis was still alive. Um, and I think if it's the final years of the High Republic era, that's probably 10, 20 years before Phantom Menace. So I imagine we might see a bit of like young Sheaf Palpatine. I think we might see Darth Plagueis. I don't think there'll be main characters. I think the Acolyte will probably be like a sort of a nobody who's sort of getting dragged into the Sith or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this could be really interesting. Yeah, I really like it. Well, again, it's a completely different new, almost a completely new angle of Star Wars. You know, it's a mystery thriller. Like, we haven't really had that in Star Wars because obviously as George Lucas has said it's always been aimed for like, children, so you've got to keep it lighthearted and fun. I feel like again a new direction to go in is going to keep it fresh and interesting yeah yeah i couldn't agree more i think it's nice that they're sort of developing these shows that are clearly going to have very different styles and themes and 
um you know star wars should be for everyone but that doesn't mean that we can't have something which is aimed a little bit older mm-hmm. um and i think this time period you know before the phantom menace i think there's scope to do some interesting things um when i first heard the acolyte i thought it was going to be about these characters called the acolyte of the beyond which are sort of a group of like they're almost like cultists who believe that like darth vader's not dead after um return of the jedi and they sort of go about like collecting artifacts about darth vader and they're convinced that like he's going to come back and they're like really messed up people i thought it was going to be about something like that but clearly it's not because it's the final years of the high republic era but i think if it almost have ended up being like similar like sort of like cultists who like worship the sith but Mm -hmm. like trying to find the sith or something like that i think that could be really cool and then we get like a little bit of like be so sick to see Darth Plagueis. I think that would be really, really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with that, to be fair. Yeah. And then after that, oh, oh boy, Lucasfilm Animation teaming up with ILM to bring a special Star Wars adventure, a droid story. <laughs> I mean, what we've been asking for, everyone's favourite episodes of The Clone Wars were the droid episodes. Um so to be honest funnily enough the the arc that you mentioned earlier that george lucas said was his favorite arc of the clone wars i actually quite like that droid arc a lot of them are rubbish but that droid arc was actually quite good in my opinion um i know probably you guys probably skipped them i think <laughs> yeah i don't think I'm, is that the one where they're like lost in the desert or yeah they end up on this like barren planet and then yeah. they found like a they found a clone on it and it was, it was quite cool but, um, oh yeah that clone where like he defected yeah 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 um but yes yeah, so this is described as you know having a new hero who's guided by r2d2 and c3po so it's going to be a new droid and then you can have good old r2 and 3po to guide him along um to be honest i watch it i'm not buzzing for it it could be good it could be awful um probably more be aimed for kids but it's star wars so i'll watch it <laughs> yeah I mean, R two's the goat. Yeah, we love R two. We love R two. So, three PO. Maybe not. <laughs> He's just moaning all the time. It's so annoying. It's a, he is the Jar Jar Binks of the original trilogy, and then the sequels because he was in that as well. Uh, you can't can't do him like that. I, I, I have to come to three PO's defense anytime anyone compares him to Jar Jar. He's not that bad, in my opinion. He's he's be, uh, the thing I like about three PO is he's so irritating he lets other characters take the piss out of him um but my worry is if this is a droid story there's not going to be any characters like hand to take the piss out of him so it's just going to be 3po big annoying <laughs> yeah and there's only so much you can do with like r2's dialogue because you can only exactly. understand what he says off what 3po says you know do so yeah. much of that but I think it would be like really cool if they just got really wacky with it and like loads of like other sort of like famous droids somehow ended up in it. You know, <laughs> just yeah. ended up like K2 was in it, you know, Chopper was in it. Um, I don't know. It would just be quite funny just to see loads of other droids for like no reason. Like what, yeah. like imagine if the villain was um, oh, IG-11. <laughs> yeah imagine like the the end episode is like a end game sort of thing where all the droids just like show up like take on the big bad guy yeah it's just r2 just sends like a message to every droid of the galaxy and they, yeah. they all team up <laughs> like the gong droids and the, the little mouth droids on the on the empire ships there you go john you've changed my mind this is my most anticipated show there you go. if they do that i'll give more credit yeah and I'll, I'll give it a big reviews <laughs> but yeah so we didn't no idea when that's coming out i'm assuming that'll be a couple of years away but i'm assuming animation wise it'll probably be quite groundbreaking if they're doing a vlm ilm are always mm. pushing the boundaries so it could be interesting yeah that's true. and then that's all the shows we know about so far and there's other stuff that's rumored you know people were talking about like a rebel sequel haven't heard any confirmation about that um i think people have been talking about loads of other stuff whether we're going to get it or not who knows um, but that's that's all that's been confirmed in terms of shows. And then the final thing that they went on to talk about was the theatrical slate. So what films we've got. We only got two announced um, for the time being, which is good. I think if they take their time with films and just no, we don't need a trilogy or anything. We just like standalone films. 
they can cross over if they want, but like take their time on it, release like one every three years and make them really, really good instead of rushing out films. Um, but she did say that it's pushing Star Wars into a new future era. Now, I don't know if that just meant a new future era in the sense of we're leaving the sequels behind. Trust me, the new films are going to be good. Or if they actually mean like the future past the sequels, like that actual era of Star Wars is when the films are going to be set. One of them I definitely think will be set there. The other one we don't know, but I think that could be cool because like we, we're getting a lot in the past. It'd be quite cool to see some stuff in the future. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. I suppose it's in, it'd be interesting to, again, see like the state of the galaxy after the sequels and see what's happening. Yeah. Um, again, you could, you could introduce new characters with it or you can go off old ones to give you like a sense of what's happening. Yeah, I imagine, based on the description, I imagine both of these will be completely new characters. The first one we've got is Taika Waititi's film, which I'm we know nothing about at all, apart from the fact that Taika Waititi's directing it, but that's enough to make me excited because, mm-hmm. in my opinion, Taika Waititi's never made a bad film. He's a an, an Academy Award winner. I think he's a genius. I think his, like, fun energy is, would be so perfect for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, he's he's absolutely brought the Thor franchise completely back to life. So the idea that he's going to do that for Star Wars just that gets me excited. Yeah, I, I think he's a genius. To be fair, yeah, we all love a bit of Tiger. Absolutely. I'm and then the other one, see... which um, oh no, sorry, you go. I was going to say I'm interested to see who he's going to play in his film because obviously we had him as a the rock cork in Thor. Yeah, he always has a a part in his films. Yeah, and then he was Hitler in uh, Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder what he can do next. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> I think he could he could literally play anything. He could play himself. He could be sort of looking like himself, or he could be under a costume as an alien. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. I think a comedic relief character. Um, I mean, obviously he was in Mandalorian as IG. It's eighty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was great as 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 that. So, just more Taika, to be honest. Well, we already know he does good Star Wars because he directed that excellent season one finale. Um, so yeah, it's not much else to say apart from the fact that I'm very excited for that. Yeah, me too. And then that last surprise announcement that we got is that Patty Jenkins is making a Rogue Squadron film, and that's the next film we're going to get in Christmas 2023. Um, and the description of this, which makes me think this is definitely set after the sequels, is it's going to introduce a new generation of fighter pilots in a high-speed thrill ride set in the future era of the galaxy. So that, to me, that must be post-Episode 9. Yeah, um, that definitely sounds post-Episode 9. I mean, Patty Jenkins, she did like a little teaser video, and apparently her dad was a fighter pilot or something, and she's always wanted to make like the ultimate fighter pilot film. Um and now she's getting to do it with Star Wars. To me, that sounds awesome. Like, if we basically get Top Gun, but with X-Wing pilots, I think that would be an incredible film. Yeah, that, that would be unreal, to be fair. And obviously, Rogue Squadron has a bit of a history in sort of the expanded universe. Wedge was quite a big part of it. I think Wedge will probably be a wee bit old for it now, but if, I mean, if they've got an older Wedge in Rogue Squadron, I'll back that. Um but yeah, I just would love to see just a whole, like a good ensemble cast of like new fire pilots, like, you know, different races, species, all sorts, you know, just a really nice mixture of like fun characters and like a proper pilot pilot film. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. I mean, this is an area of Star Wars, which has always been very present. I mean, you've had like fire pilots in every single film, pretty much. There's been some space fight but it's never something that you've really been able to deep deep dive in and yeah, have like yeah. the, the behind the not behind the scene because of the film but like the what goes into being a, a pilot on the uh rebels side or like what just goes being like a pilot anyway yeah exactly and obviously um in squadrons the game in that campaign you got to see a little bit more of sort of you know being a both an imperial pilot and a rebel pilot and I like that campaign purely for like seeing, you know, what the pilots are like and what the little squadrons and that are like and how like tight those squadrons get. So I think that sort of that energy put into a a big, massive blockbuster film, I think, would be really cool. Yeah, I completely agree. 
Yeah, well, that was everything that was announced. Um, that's what we know we've got coming up. And then, I mean, outside of that really is, I mean, the High Republic's the big thing which is going on at the moment in the books, which I know you haven't had a chance to dive into yet, John, but I've I've read two of the three books out so far and I'm caught up on all the comics. And all I can say is the High Republic is a very, very, very cool era of Star Wars. And I'm very excited for the next three years of these books and comics because I really, really like it so far. I think it's nice that they're like giving the books and the comics their chance to like be their own thing. Um, because as much as I really like the books and the comics that have come out sort of over the past couple of years, they've always been like side pieces to the established films already, you know, like sort of the Darth Vader comics are brilliant, but they sort of just fill in the gap of like, what was Darth Vader doing between episode four and episode five mm-hmm. or, um, or, you know, what were Luke and that up to between five and six and that sort of thing. And then a lot of the books were like, you know, there's a book about, you know, Thrawn, like the Thrawn trilogy was sort of like, what who was, what was Thrawn up to before we saw him in Rebels and stuff like that. Whereas these books are just about the whole galaxy 200 years before Phantom Menace. And I think that's really exciting. Um, the Jedi that they've created are really cool. The villains are really cool. Um, so I do recommend if anyone hasn't, started reading the high republic i think you should i think it's great yeah i mean as i agree with your first point there's like it's nice that they're introducing a new era of star wars through a different medium such as like books and comics doesn't have to be like a massive feature film straight away and i think that gives them the freedom and creativity to really expand the universe well you know you you can feel a lot more in a book and a comic than obviously you can like a two-hour film Exactly, I think it's what yeah. you need when you introduce a new era that no one's no one's ever heard about. Yeah, and I mean, the whole, they say the High Republic era was like eight hundred years long, and this is just a very specific era, sort of about two hundred years before Phantom Menace. And they say that they're doing sort of like it's like three stages, like the next three years is going to be like the three different phases, and within each phase is going to be like three books, three adult books, three young adult books free kids books like comics every month so it's going to go on for a long time so i'm assuming they're telling that story from like 200 years ago up until phantom menace not quite phantom menace but i think the what they've done in the first book is basically shown how like the idyllic jedi would look like the perfect jedi order like what it should be is essentially what they are in light of the jedi and then you see them in Phantom Menace when they're really like getting involved with the politics they're really overly pragmatic and they've sort of lost their way a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're quite clearly telling that story of maybe how the Jedi lost their way a little bit. And I think that's really interesting. And the fact they're doing that exclusively in books, I think is really cool. And then there's plenty more High Republic timeline that they could do in video games or TV series or films and that sort of thing. Um, but I've been really impressed with that so far. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think it sounds very exciting. I will have to, uh, buy these books and comics yeah you have to you have to read light of the jedi you can if you want to skip the other ones you can but i'm i'm not gonna let you not read light of the jedi it's amazing (laughs) no i need to get on that yeah charles soul is just incredible he's it's one of my favorite i think it i think it is actually my favorite star wars book that i've ever read light of the jedi i love it Mm. it's great talented man anyway that's pretty much sums up everything we're just coming up to an hour so i feel like we've actually timed it pretty all right Mm, nice and next time we will be back talking about more Star Wars stuff on the on the on the lead up to Bad Batch. Not sure what yet. We'll, we'll figure it out. There's a lot to dive into. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, if if we're, if we're actually good at our job, then we might we'll actually uh, bang out another episode next week. By the time you're listening to this next week, uh, and if there isn't one next week, you know we're crap at our job already. <laughs> I've done my job. It's up to you now. <laughs> But yeah, thank you for tuning in to the first episode of Live from Vader's Castle. I've been I've been Dan. And I've been John. And uh catch you next time. Bye. See you later.